This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. G'day and welcome to this week's segment of Farm Yarns, where we dive behind the audio to find out who inspires our guests, what motivates them, what they would like to debunk, and also what resources they lean on to get the most out of their agri-business. So let's get down to it, Farm Yarns. Simon, we had you on earlier in the week talking everything OptiWay on the OptiWay series, connecting data to productivity. We love productivity as farmers, but we also like to see who the person is behind the audio, what they get up to, who inspires them, and what motivates them. So welcome to Farms Advice Farm Yarns. Good to have you on again. Thanks, Jack. Pleasure to be here. Absolutely. And let's dive straight into it. Um, what's your morning routine as a cattle producer, a bit of a mixed farm operation down there at Wagga? Yeah, I guess uh, I, I like to um, sort of get up and, uh, you know, just do a little bit of exercise before the day, clear my mind a bit um, yeah. and um, potentially spend a little bit of time in the office just, just planning. Uh, it doesn't always work like that, particularly uh, carving time. Hard to find those those sort of times, but um, yeah, that's sort of how I like to start the day, and then um, and then get into it from there. As they say, win the day, win the year. Win the morning, win the day, and then win the year. That sounds uh, that sounds sounds like a sensible plan. Absolutely. And for yourself, whether it's personally or academically, who inspires you? Maybe it's in farming or completely outside of farming. Who's that person? Yeah, I think um, I, I, I get really inspired by, uh, you know, family farms that have been able to, um, or farmers that have been able to grow their business, um, you know, over their, their career, I guess. And, um, you know, I think um, it's, yeah, it's inspirational when you look at um, what some of these farmers have been able to do and, um, you know, moving forward rather than um, just plodding along for their, for their career. 
Yeah, hundred percent. I agree with that one, and just trying to flesh those stories out on this podcast. Um, farmers learn from farmers, and it's the best way to learn. And on the go for a podcast does it pretty well. Slight plug there for myself, but for yourself, whether it was thirty years ago or five years ago, what was your second sixty seconds um, in a farm memory that you first had? I think uh, my 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 fondest farm memory um, was uh, I grew up um, with my family having um, hobby farms sort of down in Victoria uh, yep. around around Melbourne. Nice, nice um, grass, hobby farms. Sorry, what's that? Lush green grass, I'd imagine, down in Victoria. Yes, yeah, lush green grass and uh, pretty cold, ordinary weather yeah. mostly. But uh, I, um, my, my, probably my best memory was uh, that I, the first time I went to uh, Hay in the Riverina, and um, I just uh, remember getting out of the vehicle and and thinking, this is. This is amazing, and um, I just uh, love that country, and and that really, um, I think, inspired a, a passion in me for agriculture that I hadn't had before yeah. that time. Yeah, those hay plains are definitely capturing, even if you're driving past or you're pulling through, um, pulling in as well. But for yourself in the world of where you work, what's a myth you'd like to debunk about? I think, yeah, I think uh, a myth, Probably I'd like to debunk is, uh, you know, I feel like sometimes, uh, you know, the, a lot of people in the city think that, um, you know, agriculture is a pretty laid back lifestyle and and, and life and working life. And um, I, um, you know, I think it's it's far from that. It's, uh, you know, it's full of hard work every day, yeah. usually seven days a week. And, uh, you know, at times, uh, you know, amazing amounts of stress. So, um you know, I think that's just a, a potential myth that's, you know, developed over the years, thinking we're sitting on the veranda drinking cups of tea and um, <laughs> uh, it's not like that. No, definitely not. And also the perception that um, we're all sort of poor as farmers and we're actually operating million-dollar assets plus. Um, as a, That's a, probably a small farm as well moving in. Um, beyond that as well it's exciting to see but also joining that gap and sort of educating along the way interesting though like as the podcast I sort of want to just focus on internals and not waste my time educating those within the city I think it will come at some sort of part but I think it's good to make the opportunities a lot better internally and then that will shine externally so people will come in and have a look see what we're doing work on our business um work on your business as a cattle producer and get a little bit better each day yeah no, i think that's right and i think technology is probably helping uh you know, helping to show that uh you know with um you know driverless tractors and uh, gps technology and um uh, the, and livestock te technology that's going on now so i think that's that is happening for sure yeah, i think people just think we're out in the paddock all day and especially australia being what is anything throughout summer? Um, we don't, as farmers, want to be out in the middle of the day either. So having these opportunities, coming into data analysts, ag tech, marketing, whatever it may be, running a podcast, being podcast intern, if you want to be a podcast intern, um, anyone hit me up, let me know. Uh, for yourself, what's one thing in agriculture you'd like to change? Yeah, I, that's a good question, Jack. Um, I... Um... Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I'm not sure. I think. Um, I think the availability of, of labour at the moment's become, um, you know, very difficult for the industry. And 
I think, uh, you know, I'd certainly like to see that change. I think, um, you know, more people need to hopefully grasp the, the benefits of living in the country and in regional Australia, uh, which they, I guess they are from COVID. But, uh, yeah, I'd certainly like to see um, agriculture and this industry surrounding agriculture being uh, probably more appealing for, for employment. Yeah, I think that's a good one. I heard David Littleproud said the other day, we're lacking 172,000 jobs within agriculture. And really, I don't know how we're going to make that up um, as quickly as we need to without the wastage on the other side. But also regionally, I think the lack of housing availability now, you can only build a house in so ever long, um, but people need to live within those six months. So moving probably isn't the right time, but maybe in the future, depending whether or not we've sort of left them behind and they just stay in the city forever now. A um, bit of a change. Yes. An interesting one, though, to see how it all pans out for regional Australia and bolsters. We're both in pretty large regional cities. I'd say Wagga's a little bit bigger than Dubbo, but I'd say Dubbo's a bit better than Wagga, not being biased at all. <laughs> um, I disagree, but anyway. That's I thought you might have. Um, but all that, how we deal with ourselves and making our farm as best as it can be is the best option. And then hopefully our neighbours are doing the same thing. Um, and sort of what this podcast is a bit about, passing that on and getting everyone a little bit better, um, having access to the information readily available as well. But for yourself, being a cattle producer, what does land care mean to you? Yeah, so uh, I guess we, we've been on this property 30 years. Um, 30 years ago, there were uh, only sort of sparse paddock trees uh, left behind that um, you know done a lot of clearing in the past and uh, so we set about a, a tree planting program um, creating some you know plantation areas and fencing off erosion areas um, we're still doing those works as we go it's, it takes taken longer than we would have liked um, but uh, you know the the difference we've seen by uh, you know planting these trees and the, the bird life um, and the, the animal life uh, has been you know nothing short of amazing and it's, it's been so pleasing aesthetically the property looks you know a lot better I think than it did back in the, the times when it didn't have those plantations uh, I think um, you know land care generally you know uh, getting better with um, ground cover uh, and uh, retaining soil on the property is really important. And uh, you know, I've seen the development of um, you know containment areas for livestock for um, dry times. That's been um, you know a fantastic, a fantastic thing to do. I think you know um, as we get these droughts coming through, um, being able to keep the ground ground cover on the paddocks. So uh, you know, I think Lank is really. It, well, it's vital uh, as far as caring for the land um, goes, and um, yeah, we've been uh, we've been really pleased how, how it's worked on our property. Do you think land care starts with the farmer in mind? Yeah, I think um, look, everything's everything's got to be economically sustainable, um, yeah. and um, but uh, you know what we found is that. Um, it being environmentally unsustainable is, um, you know, is going to lead to bad things down the track. So, 
Um, you know, there's got to be the mixture of both. But um, yeah, certainly, I, I think um, you know, with a bit of effort, um, you know, you can make some really big improvements on, on at the farm level. Yeah, absolutely. And I suppose going back to before, how ag tech is actually helping us improve, um, surveying our land a little bit better and like variable rates and however that works out or where's a good spot to put a tree plantation, um, a shadow strip right up the middle of the paddock or to the left or the right of it, um, working through with the ecosystem as well. But something that farmers are always thinking about, I think, land care and thinking a lot more now, utilising it, but also giving it back. Um, and how can we improve that to give more feed for our cattle, our sheep, pigs, alpacas, whatever it may be, what sort of farmer you are. Um, but moving into the next one, bit of a tongue twister. If you weren't doing what you were doing, what would you be doing? I, um, it's a good question. I, uh, I feel like I'm a frustrated lawyer for some reason. I've got a lot of friends that are uh, lawyers and um, I, um, yeah, perhaps, perhaps I'd be a lawyer in another life, Jack. Yeah, I, I don't mind um, the law. Being a lawyer would be quite cool. Maybe a little bit inspired from Suits, the series on TV, if you've seen that before. Yeah, could be. As a farmer, what sort of resources do you lean towards to learn from? What do you learn from? Yeah, so I get, I guess, um, I guess I get a lot of, uh, you know, publications on uh, through email, yeah. um, and um, so I'm reading them. I've also um, I'm part of a, um, I guess, a farmer group that uh, we meet several times a year and uh, I find that invaluable with, um, you know, talking about different strategies, different management strategies or, or technologies that are out there. Um, so, um, yeah, I guess um, we can become quite insular in our day-to-day -day activities and that's, uh, that's one way of, um, you know, talking to other people and seeing what's going on, on out there. Yeah, I think that's probably one of the best ways you can do it. We'll have to get a few of those from the farmer group on the podcast to talk about their own operation. Yeah, gotcha. Um, and what about yourself? Are you a bookworm? Do you like putting your head down into a book? Or I'm very disappointing on that front, Jack. Haven't probably read a book for 30 years, I think. I wasn't either. And then now I've just started to read books and don't mind tricking away at them. Um, more sort of business related there's not too many farming books out there there's gabriel chan's i'd recommend reading that one um how to give a fuck about farming pretty good title but also <laughs> the contents of it's pretty amazing as well i actually chatted to her on the podcast a while ago it's a good one okay I'll, I'll look it up and to end out the farm yarns to see how we're going i've actually got the dog on my lap at the moment keeping me warm what sort of question would you like to ask our next guest on the podcast without knowing who they are, what they are, or what they do? I think I'd, uh, I'd like to ask them, um, what's their favourite cut of beef? Favourite cut of beef, that's a good one. Um, and I think the one before off the top of my head was, what's your perception of carbon farming? If that's not it, I just made it up, but it's not too bad. <laughs> okay. Uh, look, I, I guess it, it's... Um, it's something that's developing probably by the month at the moment. Um, certainly the, uh, the topic of the day. Um, I think, you know, it's got a fair bit to play out uh, over the next yes. year or two or three, but um, 
you know, it seems like it's um, it's going to be here to stay and uh, a, a real thing that we all need to uh, to be across and um, be prepared to to learn about and and act upon. Absolutely, and data will play a huge role in that. As you know, as using the Optiway system and others out there to improve your own farm and having that availability to measure what's going on in farm. But farm yarns, thank you very much, Simon, for coming on to Farm Yarns and having a yarn with us. Thank you for tuning in to the Farms Advice podcast. It is produced by Advert Your Eyes Digital, the agribusiness marketing specialist. Go to farmsadvice.com.au for more information on this episode and the others before and spread the farm's advice. If you love this episode, please give us a review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe as it helps other farmers find us too. But until then, next Tuesday, keep on farming. In the spirit of reconciliation, the Farms Advice podcast acknowledges the traditional custodians of country for Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respect to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. Normally being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.